Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Let's start with the troubles at BC Ferries. I'm just taking a look at the BC Ferries website. This is full, 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 full. Every yeah, if, every if, every sailing out of Tawasson until seven from, o'clock. If you're going from Tawasson to Swartz Bay, yeah, everything full. Nine sailing wait. Oh no, now it's a seven sailing wait till seven <laughs> o'clock. But it's interesting, you look at the the Swartz Bay terminal. Yeah. Uh, the other way direction, you can get on no problem. I mean, really, everyone wants to come to the island. And, <laughs> and as again. People live on the island. We have no desire to go to the mainland. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, though, I've seen it backed up the other way, oh, too. Yeah. No, you know? I've been in long. So it's uh, ferries at a critical juncture here. I mean, um, you know, not to make fun of it, but, you know, our sponsor, Harbor Air, you know, <laughs> okay, you want to get, 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 get there quicker. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's, uh, it's a combination, again, the coastal celebration. You take one ferry out of the fleet, and it's this cascading domino effect, which everything just gets jammed up. The ongoing issue of uh, crew shortages. Uh, Transport Canada requires a certain minimum yeah. uh, crew, and if you dip below that, for whatever reason, the ship can't sail. And we've had... Oh, our story last night. It, uh, in a percentage terms, very small number of cancellations. But on a, a real number term, uh, a big number of cancellations, more than 200. Yeah. You know? And uh, all it takes is one for you to be inconvenienced. And then you mentioned that one ship that's back in dry dock now, the Coastal Celebration, which is one of the biggest ships in the fleet, right? So it was already out for repairs earlier. Now it's yeah. now it's in dry dock again. I don't know if it's a lemon or what. And also, I think one of the problems was the port strike, uh, the backup. They couldn't get the part oh. delivered in time. So I'm not sure if that's still the case. You know, I take the ferries. I take the ferries all my life. But, you know, my wife and I, we always try to time it to get a spirit ferry, mm-hmm. which are very reliable. Not a big fan of the coastal ferries. They, they vibrate a lot. They're narrow. Yeah, uh, the, the spirits are these big, lumbering, the big ones. Yeah, big lumbering vessels, a lot of room, but they're very dependable. Yeah, for sure. And by the way, you know, we're learning now that you must have a reservation. Oh, yeah. You know, you know don't don't go to that ferry terminal without a reservation unless you want to even get foot, old waiting. Uh, yesterday, even even foot passengers. I mean, this is very rare to have a sailing wait for foot passengers. Wow. I mean, usually, it's just walk on. Sure. Right, but there have been sailing waves for that, which again just shows you how acute the problem is. Okay, now on top of all that, we've got BC Ferries workers asking for a raise, right? So there's this reopener clause. In the middle of the contract, they've actually got in their contract, which is very unusual. This is old school, uh, a wage reopener, uh, where both sides can agree to a, a wage increase in, in the, the middle mi- of the contract. In the middle of the contract. And this is something you saw back in the 70s and 80s, when early 80s, when inflation was really running rampant. And, you know, to request a, or to ask a unit to sign a three- or four-year deal was fine. But inflation could go up in, within that contract, up 30% or something. So you had those wage reopeners back then. But I haven't heard of a wage reopener for years. But that's in the ferry workers' union. Now, I checked yesterday, did a report last night on Global. This would not trigger an increase in other unions' contracts because the, the BC Ferries and the BC Ferry Workers Union are not deemed to be in the public sector. 
they've got this quasi-private sector model. And so they're not part of the BC overarching public sector. Employers. So those other contracts don't, the, the Me Too clauses and those other contracts yeah. don't kick in. Don't, they don't kick in because yeah. the Ferry Workers Union is outside the umbrella of right. what uh, unions like the BCGU, QP, HU, BC Nurses, BCTF, they're all in the, under the umbrella of public sector. BC right. Ferry Workers is not. Right, because BC Ferries is a private company owned by the government, if you can <laughs> quasi, figure out that pretzel logic. Quasi-private, yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah the single How can you have a private, a private company owned by the government? You know, like, it's, what's it's, up with that? The Auditor, Auditor General of BC has signed off on this over time. But now it's interesting. As ferries gets more and more tighter relationship with the government, remember the government topped up BC Ferries' budget by hundreds of millions of dollars in the pandemic. Yeah. Now we've appointed a chair, Joy McPhail, former NDB cabinet minister, appointed a new CEO. So the government's doing a lot of things with BC Ferries. It just hasn't brought BC Ferries back into the tent to make it a crown corporation because it doesn't want to take on BC Ferries' debt. Even though they were highly critical of the previous Liberal government for doing it. Exactly. It's all part of the highway system, they said, in opposition. But we'll see if the Auditor General is comfortable with the situation going forward. Okay, let's listen to the president of the Ferry Workers Union here talking about this wage reopening clause in this contract. So you're going to hear Global News reporter Travis Prasad here and also the president of the union, Eric McNeely. Let's listen. The union for ferry workers says if their members don't get a meaningful raise, travelers could soon be caught in a wave of cancellations. We're certainly hopeful that that doesn't happen. We know from our members in the the bargaining survey that a lot of them have been sort of pinning their hopes on these uh, these wage reopeners to address some disparity. Okay, why would there be cancellations if they go into this wage reopener? Because they, they're worried they're, A, not attracting enough staff because the wages aren't high enough, or they're losing staff. And the other thing that's popped up is this new passenger-only ferry service between Nanaimo and Vancouver. They have two ferries. Yeah. Uh, McNeely, the union president, said they've already lost employees. That's called the that Hello service. Ferries or something, whatever? Yeah, something like that. Now, we've seen other uh, attempts at establishing a passenger-only ferry a couple times, and they've, they've several times, and they've all failed. Yeah. But this one seems to be a li- in a better uh, situation than previous. The last time there was a ferry service, it failed because they were they suddenly apart on the ferry uh, didn't work, and they couldn't find a replacement. So the whole thing just went belly up. But this, they've got two ferries, and they're already taking workers from BC Ferries. So I think you're going to see the BC Ferry management agree to a wage reopener because yep. they've got to do whatever it takes to not only retain staff but to attract staff. And that means uh, paying, uh, you know, BC Ferries competes with other companies in, in terms of where you live. It's tough to locate workers in Metro Vancouver when there's no housing. Let's talk, listen to Surrey Mayor Brenda Locke. Now, this is interesting after the Surrey police drama and the province stepping in and forcing Surrey to phase out the RCMP, go with the new Surrey Police Service. This is the first actual comment we've heard in live comment from the mayor. So this is Surrey Mayor Brenda Locke speaking last night at Surrey City Council, still not happy about this decision. Let's listen. It is of crucial importance that we get uh, this right so we can ensure that Surrey residents and businesses will not bear the financial burden for generations to come and that Surrey's public amenities, services and programs will not be diminished due to one costly error in judgment. Your thoughts? Well, she meets with Public Safety Minister Mike Farmer today, and at that meeting will be Jessica McDonald, the new uh, special advisor appointed by the government, who's sort of the 
the disputes resolution person between the two sides. And and interesting, McDonald was the deputy minister to the to the premier, head of the civil service, when Locke was an MLA. The latter, just the last couple uh, of years, when Locke was. So an she MLA. knows Locke. Yeah. So yeah. Um, is that why she was appointed? Because she's got maybe she's got a relationship with Locke there. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, she's probably part of it. For, for, yeah, very good point. I mean, yeah. there was some knowledge there. But yeah. The two had worked together before, so I think that that's logical. Yeah. Um, but again, I haven't heard anyone else. The, the air seems to have gone out of the balloon of keep the RCMP in Surrey. It just no one else is talking about this anymore. It just seems to be a done deal. But Locke's uh, worried about the financial implications. And you heard her say there, oh, this could this could be a generations to come that we're paying this higher price for policing, and, and it could sacrifice other public services in Surrey. I mean, is that just hyperbole? Know. What is that? Who knows? I mean, she's in with with Farnworth today, and uh, she's going to be looking for some certainty on numbers and costs. And the two sides have never agreed on the numbers, as we pointed out many times before. You know, they can't agree on what the true cost of this is going to be. Yes, and that'll be the subject, I think, of the of the meeting today. Okay, real quickly, federal cabinet shuffle is happening yeah. when? Apparently tomorrow. tomorrow. Okay, ministers are being summoned back to Ottawa. Already, four ministers have announced they're not seeking re-election, including Vancouver's own Joyce Murray, who's the fisheries minister. Yeah. So traditionally, if you're not seeking re-election and you announce this publicly, it's the expectation you're going to be dropped from cabinet. Right. So it's supposed to be an extensive the reporting so far. And cabinet speculation is always just that speculation. But it's based on some sources from everyone. So all of us, every, all our networks and papers are reporting uh, similar threads of commentary, which is that it's... Who are you looking at? What you, who you got an eye on there in that shuffle? Well, he hasn't said anything about running for re-election. I think he is. But is Mendocino, Marco Mendocino, the public safety minister, mm. um, and also David Lamenti, the justice minister. So the provinces are upset. All the premiers are concerned that Ottawa's dragging its feet on criminal code amendments, particularly when it comes to bail reform. They, the expectation it was going to be done, it didn't. The, the session ended with this... Um, a law on the order paper. Uh, so Mendocino Lametti, I'm most interested in that. Freeland, Christian Freeland is going to remain finance minister and deputy premier. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, the other four ministers are, are going to be, uh, I think, likely dropped as well. And housing seems to be a priority in terms of what uh, what the emphasis is going to be on the shuffle. But I think public safety from the, from the province's point of view is going to be front and center as well. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Spaldry's beat. Let's go right to your phone calls. Doran in Burnaby. Hi, Doran. Good morning, guys. Thank you for having me. Happy rainy day. Sure, same uh, to you. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, so uh, I just wanted to say I'm a 30-year-old prospecting uh, marine engineer. I'm just about to do my licensing exams uh, through BCIT and Transport Canada. 
Um, I've got some buddies who are working through BC Ferries right now. Uh, they're very happy uh, working for them first years outside of school. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not working right now from health complications. Our health care system is really backed up and slow right now. I just had an MRI, so hopefully the diagnosis happens. But uh, mm-hmm. um, I, I think this uh, wage reopener uh, is a good model, uh, what could be a good model for unions going forward. You know, we could probably prevent strikes and stuff like we just saw at the port uh, with uh, I, with uh, movements like this instead of uh, kind of waiting last minute. So that's kind of my Hey, hey, hey Doran, let me ask you something. As a marine engineer, what do you think about the problems with this, this one particular boat, the Coastal Celebration, that was in dry dock for repairs and they put it back in service and they got to pull it out again for more repairs? What's going on there? So it's, it's, there's a problem with the propulsion. So there's a stern tube leak uh, that needs to be fixed. Uh, it got <laughs> it got put in the water uh, when they hadn't done the job correctly, so they had to redo it, and then the part had to come from Germany. So it's a big, big delay, big, big frig up. It sounds like they should have had a little more backup and a little more um, oversight during the installation of the uh, operation. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, thank you for that. Well, it just shows you how uh, fragile that whole system is. You take one ship out and the whole thing just falls yeah. apart. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, well, that's a big ship. It's a big ship, and yeah. I've never seen that type of sailing weight out of Tawasin. Yeah, it was, when you woke on a up, Tuesday? When, when you woke up this morning and you head out there, you were facing a nine sailing weight. Yeah. You, you got there expecting to get the first first sailing of the day. I can and, see it on a long weekend or something, but a Tuesday? Yeah, a Tuesday I mean, morning. I remember getting out there and running into a five sailing weight. Yeah. which was ridiculous. Um, but a nine-sailing weight? Whoa. Yeah. yeah but that tell you, seems Dor- to be happening more often. Doran and his buddies, they're in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. BC, Ferry, BC Ferries needs people like that. Oh, yeah. Who are trained and certified. Rob in Chilliwack. Hi, Rob. Go ahead. Good morning, guys. I, I was just going to say quickly, I, I, I think Mr. Farnworth, I don't know, I think he should be a little nervous. I think Brenda Locke may have a case here. It's just my own individual opinion. I don't think he laid the case out very well at all for the Surrey City Police. Having said that, I had a couple questions for Keith. Keith, I was just wondering, the Fraser Valley bus strike, um, is that contract, I've heard through the grapevine, it's held by an American company. I don't know if you're aware of that or heard that. No, um, isn't it a foreign that, company? I think it is. Yeah, I think Rob may be correct there. I'm not sure. We'll check on that, Rob. We have to hire an American company to, to have a contract for our bus drivers here. That's odd. I wonder if that had anything to do with how long it took. And the other thing, quickly, Keith, when you want to find out information from the NDP, I don't know, maybe, can you say, maybe even yourself, is it that difficult? I've been trying to find out how long or how much the NDP has spent, the NDP caucus of taxpayer money on the ads David E.B. has run. And I've, got, I've been doing this for three and a half months now, and I'm getting the runaround. Phone the yep. Minister of Finance. Phone the, is it that no. difficult? I mean, it is. I, I because it, because it's caucus money. So Thank you, Rob. Yeah, so, Rob, so yeah, this is. Um, basically the rule around here, what the caucuses do with their money is not subject to FOI, Freedom of Information. Yeah. So the yeah. Liberals, the BC United could do, oh, another quarter in the tip jar there. Uh, the NDP can do what they want with their caucus money. Yes. The BC United can do with their caucus money. Including running partisan ads. Including running partisan yeah. ads, which I don't agree with. I think we should have access to that type of information. But uh, that's always historically been the case. Uh, you can you can FOI what a ministry is doing, what it's spending. And those are part of the legislative debates. We have spending estimates of each ministry. We, uh, the opposition will spend hours grilling a minister on the spending plans in that ministry, and they have access to all the information 
but caucus operations are not covered by that. Well, Rob, I would encourage you to keep digging for yeah. that information. Let me know. And we'll check in that American company thing. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I, I have heard the union argue that the employer there is a, is a foreign-based company. It's yeah. an American company. And that they have blamed that as, as part of the reason for mm-hmm. the slow, the tardiness in trying to get a deal. Robert in the Okanagan, hi. Yeah, like, with the Surrey RCMP, I used to live in Surrey. Uh, they have that big monstrosity of a building in in uh, Green Timbers Park, the provincial RCMP. Okay. Is that part of this whole debate then as well? I mean, you mean what's going to happen to that building, you mean? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I mean, mean, you know, part of the cost here has been the transition and in infrastructure and buildings and IT and hardware and... Largely, you know, it's expensive. It is expensive, largely human resources, but IT systems as well. And um, the whole infrastructure that comes with a multi-hundred police force is going is part of the transition as well. 